Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tree City Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Baker. And I am Graham Moen. And, uh, well, we told you guys on the last podcast we'd be back when the Cavs swept the Raptors. And uh, I'm not saying we are uh, psychics, but uh, Cavs swept the Raptors. Okay, We also said that after they won the first three, so it's not <laughs> like that was hard to predict. But, yeah, you know, part of me... Wants to feel bad for the Raptors because every year they do this thing where they're an improved team and they've built up this great team with lots of depth and young guys are getting better and they're well coached and they improve every year and they're one of the better teams in the regular season and those things are all true. Those are not untrue things. But then you get to the playoffs and you remember... They're the LeBronto Raptors. (laughs) You remember that the Cavs have LeBron and the Raptors don't. And their two and, biggest players don't show up. Yeah, you know, even... Look, I thought the Cavs were going to beat the Raptors before the series started, but I didn't think it was going to go like this. This was an absolute just baptism. I thought they game. were going to make it like a six or seven game series yeah. out of this. Because the Raptors' offense has been so much more improved this year. Their defense has gotten better. DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry both showed a lot of promise. Especially Kyle Lowry was shooting the ball exceptionally well for three-point range, and for much of the series he did. It's just a lot of it was empty three-point shots because of just the way the Cavs dominated, especially after Game 2. Uh, game 1 was obviously could have been won by anybody. Toronto should have probably won, should have won that game. All it took would have taken was a couple lay-ins by Jonas Valanciunas, who is going to spend the entire summer working on his bunny layups. I will say, Valanciunas had a big-time series. He was, he was good. great, but yeah, uh, he was even like blocking shots. I was like, "Who is this man?" Yeah, he he needs freaking to, Dwight yeah. Howard out here all of a sudden. I mean, but, if he loses hey. like fifteen or twenty pounds in the off season, maybe he gets a little bit more jump in a step, and he could be a little bit more imposing because he ha- definitely has the offensive game and definitely pushed Kevin Love around a lot in that aspect. Yeah, end of the day, um, like I said, the Cavs have LeBron and the Raptors don't. So that's kind of how that went. Um, I think. There's a lot of things that have been good to see in this series, but there's also a couple of reasons that I want to give as to why I don't necessarily think the Cavs are going to look like this again the rest of the season. I mean, namely, they're going to have different opponents. But Kevin Love is back, which is great. The, uh, not only did he start playing better, he had the best defensive series I've ever seen him have. He was amazing. He was, like, blocking shots. and Yeah, just, he was being a rim protector. Yeah, I... Don't know where that came from. It's but not going to okay happen next series, no matter who we play. But Yeah. Um, J.R. Smith and Kyle Korver really helped carry the offense. Every time they got the ball, it was buckets. Uh, George Hill looks alive. Ty Lue has taken our advice and stopped playing Rodney Hood because he's bad. Well, and Rodney Hood just decided he didn't want to play. Oh, yeah. That, that's a thing that happened in the fourth quarter of Game 4. Cavs are celebrating this great sweep, and... Uh, Tyloo goes to put him in there for mop-up duty, and he just tells the coach he's not going in because he's pouting. So that's nice. That's... And I'm mad that they didn't do anything about it just because he felt bad about it. Yeah. I didn't know we were playing pickup games. Every time you think the Cavs are like, all right, they're back on track. There's no more drama. There's got to be something with the Cavs. You know LeBron's probably um, like, yeah, I, I don't like you. So we can discuss shortly here what this means for the Cavs the rest of the season. I want to say a couple things. First of all... If you've been listening to this podcast, throughout the season of ups and downs and the Cavs struggling, there's two things I've always said. Number one, I have no idea what to expect. Any game, quarter, play, or minute from this Cavs team. 
no idea what to expect. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I've predicted everything properly. Yeah. But that said, um, I have also been staunch in my opinion that like the Cavs are probably still going to the finals. I said that before the deadline. You and me have sat here after the trade deadline and said, look, the guys, the guys, the guys the Cavs traded for aren't great players. But one of the reasons the Cavs had to make those trades was simply to improve team chemistry and dump Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. And they're credible NBA rotation players. And the Cavs had no depth. Well, three of them. And right. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I was a big Rodney Hood supporter from the beginning, but. Oh, he has stunk it up. I, I've just owned him. Yeah. He's, he's pretty much just. If the Cavs do anything like match an offer for him this summer, I am going to be so floored by that just because he's shown nothing in the playoffs and that's really where it matters for the Cavs. Yep. Um, so, you know, this whole season, like so many ups, so many downs, just, you know, drama wins, losses, you know, it just, and then that Pacers game one loss and everyone started panicking, but look, the Cavs still have LeBron and you knew Kevin Love wasn't going to be this bad all season. And you knew at a certain point Ty Lue in the playoffs would have to shorten his rotation to stop playing weird lineups. You know, I have thought the Cavs have been going to the finals this whole season, and nothing has really changed my mind on that. I also have said repeatedly that I don't think the Cavs are going to win the finals. I think that Golden State or Houston is going to be too good for the Cavs, and I still think that. But I think that both of them would definitely be favored. Agreed, but easy favorites. Yeah. But with what LeBron is doing right now, I, I'm giving the chance... A better chance to the Cavs right now to win the title than I have thought. I don't think it's a huge chance, but LeBron, chance. LeBron is doing things that, granted, a lot of Cavs already believe he's the best player of all time, but as a relatively neutral observer, it, like he's doing things that I don't think anyone's ever done before. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean he's the best of all time. It doesn't mean he's better than Jordan, whatever. That's a Massive conversation we're not going to have right now. That could be a two-hour-long podcast. But when you have LeBron playing at this level, which I think is arguably the best of his career somehow. I don't know how it's even possible, but it is. We say that every time. I think the Cavs have a chance to beat just about anybody. Um, it's cra- LeBron's It's crazy. I, you, I don't even know what to say about it. I just don't think you can pick against a LeBron team until LeBron loses. I think that's the biggest thing that we've taken away from this. A lot of people and a lot of the experts in the NBA – we're picking a Toronto series win because. Ha! Ah, 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 ah. Yeah, I sorry, mean, it's sorry, just sorry. going into it, the Cavs played a hard fought series against the Pacers. That they, <laughs> no, for real. They were picking the Raptors to be the. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Every I'm sorry, advanced I'm sorry. metric was picking the Raptors. I'm going to I'm going to Even a lot of ESPN people were pick and NBA analysts were picking the Raptors strictly because of how poorly the Cavs played in the first round. They played about as bad of a series as you could play. Somehow won the series just because they had LeBron. And then in the second round, everyone woke up. Everyone, I don't know if it was Kevin Love adjusting to his hand injury, and now he's finally just able to deal with it. But they also started running plays for him that weren't just three-point shots, him essentially just standing out on the three-point line and getting passes from LeBron. They were running off-ball screens. They were running things where LeBron could dump the ball to him down there. And the thing that we talked about on the last NBA podcast 
the frustration of just dumping it to Kevin Love or LeBron in the post and just having no actions run around them, that completely changed in the Toronto series. We saw things running around everywhere. We saw LeBron playing off ball sometimes with Kevin Love being able to facilitate, which, as we all saw, is amazing because, like we've said, LeBron is one of the best players in the league with the ball out of his hands. It's just we see him so often running the offense, we don't get to see that very often. But with George Hill coming back and playing at a high level, when it comes to distributing and being that good perimeter defender. Yes, Lowry was making his good share of shots early in the series, but he really neutralized him the last few games of the series. Made it almost impossible for Toronto to do anything because those two guards run everything. They don't have another creator on their offense besides DeRozan and Lowry. And J.R. Smith, again, did an amazing job playing defense. He did a good job in the Indiana series too, but he wasn't shooting well. Now that he's shooting well, that contract that we gave him is a little bit more stomach you can stomach it a little bit more. And Tristan Thompson, going back to 2016, Tristan Thompson, eating up offensive rebounds, diving to the rim, getting those contested shots, getting those alley-oops, blocking some shots even, or at least altering shots. Like, this Cavs team, I think Ty Lue, like Andrew said, went to, okay, we are playing way too many guys, to, I'm going to play the guys that I know have played in these big moments. What's our starting five been this year? Or so far in this round, it was... George Hill, J.R. Smith, Kyle Korver, LeBron, and Kevin Love, all of them veterans, all of them big-time experience in the playoffs. George Hill might not have the finals experience. I guess a little bit. If he, I think he played with the Spurs in the finals. But they all have that hard playoff experience, whereas the Jordan Clarksons and the Larry Nances of the world have been kind of phased out of the rotation. And the Rodney Hoods. And the Rodney Hoods. George Hill's the only new player that we have that is playing serious minutes for the Cavs right now. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but I think... Clarkson's playing his 15 minutes a game off the bench. Yeah. He's been fine. He's been a good spark plug for, like, if we need yeah. some buckets, and he's doing a little bit of creating, but... Clarkson's been exactly what you thought he would be. He's a guy who comes off the bench, can score a little bit, can defend a little bit, and, you know... A little know, bit of playmaking. Not a ton. Right. He, yeah, he's not going to be your lead ball handler, but, look, the Cavs don't really have many guys that can handle the ball. So Clarkson's filling his role as an average ball handler off the bench. Um, the Cavs so, are also know. doing a good job staggering minutes. We, I haven't seen those stupid lineups. They've been playing Kevin Love with when, the bench and actually using him. That's What, what a freaking concept. And it's been helping LeBron, what too. What a concept. LeBron played a lot fewer minutes in this series, a lot fewer at least intense minutes in this series, because... They didn't do that stupid thing where they took off Kevin Love and LeBron at the same time and just tried to have all of our bench guys play Yes, yeah, so let's have Jordan Clarkson take a shot every two minutes yeah. and just pray that it works. I'm not a good idea. Like game three especially, when LeBron went out for that stretch in the third quarter, they just kept feeding it to Kevin Love. He scored like nine points in a row because no one could stop him. He was going to the rim. He was taking Valanchunas off the dribble. There was just a lot more flow into our offense, and our three-pointers obviously started to hit, Kyle Korver and J.R. Smith being the two main beneficiaries of that. J.R. having his swag back is my favorite part of life currently. I love J.R. Did you Un- hear his quote today? Yeah, J.R. is an it was incredible hilarious. human. He really is. Um, so, oh, this is great, and it's good to see. This is the only one thing that I kind of want to just throw a little bit of cold water in the situation. Um the Cavs own Toronto. Very true. And they've always owned Toronto since LeBron has came back. More specifically, I think LeBron actually owns the city now. They've just yeah, signed it over to him. Yeah, LeBronto. Um, that said, the Raptors really did not play well. Um, game one, the Raptors gave the Cavs the fight they should have been giving them every game. And I really do think that 
there's a mental block for Toronto. I think clearly after LeBron won that, you know, game one for the Cavs, the Raptors kind of just, I think it's in their head. And how could it not be? You're playing against the greatest player of this generation, okay? But I think if the Raptors were playing at their best, the series would have been a lot more interesting. But I will say this. <laughs> you saw what happened in game two. Game one was a hard-fought game. It could have gone either way. You're probably right. The Raptors should have won that. But they definitely when the Raptors didn't win game one, you know what LeBron said. He said, this, excuse my language, this shit's over. LeBron said, I'm getting the ball. I'm scoring every freaking time. Those fadeaways. And LeBron knew as soon as they won the first two games that Toronto was going to lay down, which they you know, game, well, that, yeah. game three was a relatively hard-fought game, but I think the Raptors came back near the end of that, mostly because of Cavs' mistakes, not because the Raptors did anything special. And then that final nail with the LeBron and shot once, yeah, with the buzzer beater. Yeah, which that shot is like a... Like That's a, one of his best shots. Like a, like a running, a running off-legged... It's like, is that a floater? It was a floater. It's like a 16, 14-foot floater? I, I don't mean, even... he went to the left, used his right hand, yeah. and gently... Banked it off of the backboard. It's, he didn't even use the. No. He didn't even use the square. It's an insane shot. It's a shot that almost nobody's ever going to make, and it's a shot that Kyle Korver said he's seen LeBron practice that exact shot. And Kyle Korver basically was asking himself, like, when are you going to shoot that in a game? Well, apparently it's to win a playoff game. That's what Korver said, and it's just you know this is how you become as great as LeBron is: is you perfect every tiny little thing you can possibly perfect to the point that you're almost unstoppable. That said, to throw the cold water in a situation, the Raptors are a great, great matchup for the Cavs in the same way that Indiana was not a good matchup for the Cavs. They had a lot of wins to throw at us. And moving forward, we can talk about the West at a, at a later date because, like I said, I don't. I think the Cavs are probably not going to beat the Raptors. Or, excuse me, the <laughs> they're Rockets. definitely going to beat the Raptors. The Rockets or the Warriors, but we can talk about that matchup. The East, even the Eastern Conference Finals, is going to be tougher. Most likely Boston with a slight possibility of Philadelphia. I'm just hoping at this point the series gets elongated. If we're playing Boston, these are the differences between Toronto, aside from the fact that they're totally different teams. Um, Brad Stevens is one of the very best coaches in the NBA. Dwayne Casey for the Raptors is a good coach. He is. It's not to criticize him, but he's not on Brad Stevens' level. And Stevens is like a little bit below Popovich. Agreed. And additionally, Al Horford is about the perfect guy to guard Kevin Love. Kevin Love is Kevin Love was just feasting against the Raptors because as much as Serge Ibaka used to be that guy, he's not anymore. Yeah, he's washed. Yeah, if Alan Shunis was on him, he could just go outside and hit threes or dribble past him. Um, Ibaka's just not what he used to be. The Raptors didn't really have a guy to guard Kevin Love. Uh, Al Horford for the Celtics is about the perfect guy to guard Kevin Love. I think Kevin Love can still play well, especially if he's mm -hmm. really trying and they're trying to involve him in the offense. That's a big difference is involving him in the offense, like you said a few minutes ago. But also, the Celtics have a lot, a lot of really, really good wing defenders. and Three specifically that they, I think are important. Yeah, the rat, like Jason Tatum... Um, Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown, Marcus Morris, Marcus Morris, even Marcus Smart could guard wings in a in certain areas right. because of how long he is and how tough he is. I think that Jalen Brown and Marcus Morris are definitely better on LeBron than anyone Toronto had. Jalen Brown, even maybe, but 
They also have, like you mentioned, Marcus Smart at guard. You know, Terry Rozier is a really good defender. Terry Rozier is a good defender. He won't guard wings, but he's a very good on-ball defender. This is the thing about the Celtics that separates them from the Raptors. They are a tenacious, tenacious defensive team. Best defense in the league. They play incredibly smart basketball, and I don't care what the situation is. For example, Game 4 when the Raptors got blown out. I don't think that would have happened against against the Celtics. I think the Celtics are going to fight you tooth and nail every single game, no matter what the situation is. The matchup is not nearly as good for the Cavs. I'm, I still think the Cavs will probably win if they play Boston, just because we all know the history of LeBron in Boston. Other than 2010 when he knew he was leaving Cleveland, mm-hmm. LeBron has disintegrated Boston time and time again. And um, that was obviously a completely different team. Oh, totally so. different teams, but, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't think there's anyone... I think the one thing that you can really look at with the Celtics that is the main reason I don't think they can beat the Cavs I think if you're going to beat the Cavs, you have to have great rim protection. And as good as Al Horford is as a defender, we have seen time and time again in the playoffs what LeBron does with Al Horford as the primary rim defender. Mm -hmm. He's just not strong enough to deal with LeBron at the rim. Yeah. They also have Aaron Baines, who's solid. Um, But look, I think the Cavs are probably going to beat Boston, but it's not going to look like it did against Toronto. It's not going to be that easy. I don't think there's going to be any rollover. And games. I and it's going to be a tough, tough, physical, grueling matchup one way or another. And I think the same thing goes for Philadelphia. If um, they if they if miraculously they, if they, come back, if Philly pulls off a miracle, because think Boston. about it, they'd be on the momentum of winning four straight games, coming back from three zero, which no team in 129 attempts has done. So if Philadelphia somehow comes back and wins. Then you have to deal with the wings that they have. Robert Covington, who has struggled mightily in the series, but maybe given a fresh setting and coming off a momentum of a series comeback, could prove serious issues. We talked about as a potential defensive year player of the year candidate. Ben Simmons being a good wing defender. All of these different guys are just so big problems for the Cavs. And we saw that in the regular season. Philly was a huge problem for the Cavs. And Boston could very well be a huge problem for the Cavs because, like we said, Marcus Morris and Jalen Brown are probably going to shoulder most of the load. If I had to guess, I would say Jason Tatum's probably going to end up a lot more on like J.R. Smith. Oh, for sure. Because J- for sure. Tatum's shown a lot more as a defender than we anticipated. No, I think Brown and Morris are the guys they are going to guard LeBron. Yeah, and they're because we they don't really have any other options because they are a depleted team. That's the unfortunate part. If they had if they had Hayward and Irving healthy, it'd be a very very tough series. And even if they had Irving healthy, it'd be an incredible. It would be an even tougher series yeah. than it already will be. With as good as the Raptors were, the last couple months of the season, they were a below-average defensive team. Mm-hmm. And if you look at they what, had no wings. the Cavs' offense isn't really a great motion offense. The Cavs' offense mostly just preys upon two things. One, LeBron being dominant, getting the basket and kicking out to shooters. And two, the Cavs' entire offense against Toronto was basically based off of getting a switch, and taking advantage of a mismatch. Mm -hmm. Honestly, the Cavs kind of run a very old-school offense. They put Kevin Love in pick-and-roll. They put LeBron in pick-and-roll. They get smaller guys on them. They let let them take advantage of that. They did a lot of that. Against the Celtics, it's going to be a lot, a lot tougher for two reasons. One, Boston is a much smarter defensive team, as I said before. Yeah, they have a system Those switches are going to get harder to come by, and they're going to be more organized behind the switches. And two... Boston has more guys that can switch, even if the even if the Cavs can force a switch. Like we just mentioned, they've got a lot of good wings, 
and even Marcus Smart, who if Marcus Smart gets switched on LeBron, there's a size advantage there, but Marcus Smart it's, 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 it's not like LeBron trying to score on DeRozan or Lowry. This, it, it's Marcus Smart is one gonna of the best be, defenders at his position in the league. Look, okay, look, the Raptors got punked. They did. The Raptors got absolutely punked. If LeBron, the tries, Celtics ain't yeah. going to get punked. Okay, the Celtics are probably going to lose the Cavs, especially after last year. Celtics ain't going to get punked when the Cavs Celtics beat them gonna by show 40. up. Celtics are going to show up. They're going to play hard and they're going to make it a series. If the Cavs blow out the Celtics, I would be shocked. But I still think they're going to the finals. Yeah, that's just going to be my. I'm just going to make that a hashtag on Twitter from now on. But I still think they go in the finals. That's just my, that's just what I think. I thought the whole year, and I still think it. Um, I mean, to beat the Cavs, you have to have great wing play because that's what it starts with. It starts with LeBron, and Boston has that talent. And then once we get later, and if we make it out of the Eastern Conference Finals, then we run into two teams, either one of two teams, Houston or Golden State, that are very talented on the wings that would make a lot of problems for LeBron. That's why over the years we've seen Golden State take advantage of the Cavs. We've seen the teams with the wing plays, the Mavericks when he was in Miami, or Indiana when they were, he was with Miami and Paul George was harassing him. Those are the people that give him the biggest issues. When you have multiple wing guys that you can switch on him, that's going to be the biggest problem. So I think as long as – that's why the Raptors were a horrible matchup for for the Cavs. For, or the Raptors were a bad for, matchup. For, for Toronto, it was a bad Because OJ Anunoby, bless his heart, was great, this, was great in this playoffs. He hit a clutch shot in that game three to even give him a chance to win that game. But at best, he's a really high-end role player or maybe like an Andre Iguodala type. He's not going to be a star player. That's nothing against him, but they're, they lack wings. They have two good players. If they had that third wing, if they had a Paul George or a Kawhi Leonard or someone in that star tier, it might have been a different story. But the thing is, it starts with how many wings can you put on the floor that are switchable? And Boston is going to have that advantage where they have three guys who, if the Cavs try to do, like you said, run plays where all they do is run switches, you're going to have Jalen Brown switching on him, or you're going to have Jason Tatum switching on him, or you're going to have even Al Horford in the post switching on to him. It's going to be a lot tougher for LeBron to get those open passing lanes and the historic efficiency he had in the Raptors series. He barely, He didn't even turn the ball over that much at all. Like yeah, that, was, that will not be the case against the Celtics. The Celtics are active, they're long, they're harassing, yes. I will say this for the Cavs, though. They did, while I agree that their offense is a little bit simpler, they did do a better job of that extra pass a lot a lot of times against the Raptors, where they would, wouldn't just throw it to a guy and immediately he takes a shot. They would either pump fake it and get a better shot, or they would pass the ball around the horn again to get that extra three-pointer. I saw plenty of those opportunities where Kyle Korver would be in the corner they would pass it to J.R. Smith. J.R. would fake it, pass the ball back, and then they would wing it to Kyle Korver in the other corner, wide open for a three. And if you leave Kyle Korver wide open, about 75% of the time, he'll probably oh, make a three-pointer. Kyle Korver got so many corner threes against Toronto. Those are layups for him. It's just like, how can you let that happen? That's not going to happen against him Boston and, or Him and Philly. Steph Curry, if you give him those corner threes, those are layups. Yeah, like, yeah literally. There's no chance. Yeah. that He's not going to miss that probably more than yeah. one out of like ten times. Yeah. Um, Looking around the rest of the NBA, we'll probably come back with more NBA content this week, especially once we find out who the Cavs are playing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be in California in about a week, for about a week, so there might be a little break in podcast, but we'll definitely get one in within the next week before I head out. Um, Boston and Philadelphia. On a scale of 1 to 10, how surprised are you? Surprised. How surprised are you that Boston is up was up 3-0 on Philly? Hmm. I'd say like a seven, 
because the games, other than game uh, game one, it was pretty close in most of the games. It came down to an overtime in one game. It came down to the last possessions in another in game three. And then game four, Philly really brought it out, and they really had some adjustments. Ben Simmons showed up. Dario Saric had 25 points. So they showed their youth, and they showed their resiliency a little bit. That was nice to see them not just roll over and bow out, which... Brett Brown's not going to let them do that. He will not pl- He took Robert Covington out of the starting lineup and put in TJ McConnell, who had 19 points and was a catalyst. Yeah, that, that's not going to happen again, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, TJ McConnell's not going to score 19 again, but he was a very... That energy that they had in last night's game was what they need for Game 5 if they're going to try to force this back to Boston, or to Philadelphia for a Game 6. Because if they win that Game 6, if they win Game 5, they have their home fans in Game 6. And then if they can win Game 6, anything is possible in Game 7. Obviously, I right now would probably say like a 90% chance we're going to play Boston. But Crazier it, things have happened, I suppose. Either one of these teams hey, that can um, get the Cavs problems. Real quick, relating to that, I don't know if you know this. Um, the Warriors blew a 3-1 lead. Okay, I'm done. Okay. Um, Without so, Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah, I'm not... Super shocked by it. I've thought more of Boston than the vast majority of people, uh, especially of you picking them to lose in the first round of the Bucks. But uh, a lot of people picked them to lose. Milwaukee, yeah, I thought it was, it was a seven game series. I thought it was crazy. You know, they had Giannis. High that's end, why I high end them. talent matters a lot. But Boston is just so well coached. They play so hard. They play so smart. They've got so much depth and so many options. They may not have a true superstar right now with Kyrie and Gordon Hayward hurt. Also, Kyrie's not a superstar in the first place, but that's a whole other subject. Um, you know, it's just Boston is not going to – Boston is going to t- capitalize on every opportunity you give them. They're kind of like the Pacers were in the first round, except they're a more veteran team and they're a little bit better coached. Mm-hmm. That's why I said about the Pacers. If, if, if you let them, the Pacers will beat you. If, if the, the Celtics will take advantage of every – crack an opportunity they get. Um, Philadelphia has looked like a juggernaut for the past month, month and a half. Yeah, they were the best team in the East for a majority of the second half. But they played a cupcake schedule. Yeah. And they're still a young team. And as much as, for the most part, I believe that the better team wins, I think in the playoffs, there's just something that happens where being the more veteran team does matter. I think it's... You know, I think generally most of that is overrated, but in the playoffs, I think having been there before does matter. And I think that's what's going on in this Boston Philly series. For example, Ben Simmons, who everyone has said, oh, just play off of him since he can't shoot a jumper. Teams have been trying that. It has not worked. Boston got Ben Simmons to shoot 0 for 8 in a playoff game. Like, Ben Simmons was did not make a shot for an entire playoff game. So I think I think that just shows the advantage that having Brad Stevens and all those long guys has. Well, they just haven't given him those huge lanes. Like the right. reason he was making all those shots is because people were giving him three or four feet, and then he would just start down that runway and get to the rim. He's so long and so athletic that that's going to happen. Obviously, you want to give him a little bit of space because he's not a threat to shoot from the outside. But you have to give him you have to get up in his face a little bit because if not, he's just going to drive right by you. He's long enough, like I said, long enough and athletic enough that if he gets within the paint, he's going to make you pay because he does have that turnaround jumper that he has from inside Plus, 10 feet. Plus, his passing ability is yeah. incredible. I mean, he's he is similar to LeBron in a lot of those ways from LeBron early in his career. LeBron wasn't a great shooter, not to this extent, but he is able to get into the lane, find the open areas, and he is very also able to play good defense, which 
I don't know how that's I don't know how much he has been doing this series. I haven't watched the series incredibly closely, but I do know that Philly is going to be a good team for the next three to five years, barring an Embiid injury or a Simmons injury. Markel Fultz, we have no idea, but that's a story for another year. But yeah, I th- you know, I think this happens sometimes. Young teams just get hit in the mouth, and you don't know how they're going to respond. When's the last young team that's and really I, succeeded? Right. Like maybe the 2012 Thunder, Yep. when they had James Harden and Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. But even right. that team would experience some success prior to that. Right. Being in the playoffs, getting that experience, even when they were getting their butts kicked early on, they were at least getting that playoff experience. This is Philly's first year in the playoffs. Yep. In like six or seven years almost. This whole roster has yeah. been the playoffs. Well, a few of the veterans have. But, J.J. Redick. But none of the... But not with this team. Yeah, none of the major players. Embiid hasn't. Simmons hasn't. Saric hasn't. Covington hasn't. So four of their T.J. Big, McConnell hasn't, but he turned up. Their four major <laughs> contributors, their four and three of those big wings, just haven't had that experience in the playoffs. So yep. that's a big thing that you have to handle. The Thunder only were able to get past that because, A, they had the experience, and, B, at that time, they had th- two of the best ten players in the league and arguably the best – not arguably, the best, the best six-man in the league in James Harden. Yep. So that was – that's the last – think about it. That's the last team we've seen that was young and really – gave people a scare. And even once they got to a team that had that strength like Miami, it was over because they took away James Harden or they took away Russell Westbrook or Durant, and that was the end of it. That's going to be a problem for Philly, and they'll have to show that in the next coming years. Can they counter teams? Can Ben Simmons get a jumper? Can Embiid become a more consistent shooter? Imagine if Philly gets someone like Paul George. If Philly gets Paul George, that could be one of the best defensive teams of all time. (laughs) Yeah. Legitimately. Um, And he had whatever reason to go there. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, Just to focus on this season, yeah, you know, it's, you know, and it's not just an experience. It's the fact that Brad Stevens is that great a coach because he's so good at game planning against opponents. I think LeBron's the one guy. It's almost impossible. Maybe Durant and a couple others. It's almost impossible to stop. He's used to working with lesser talent. He worked at a mid-major school for years where he had to get the best out of his players. He is a master at putting his players in position to succeed and drawing up the right style of play on offense. He got Butler to the championship two years in a row. So obviously college and NBA are different, but he got a mid-major team to the to the championship game two years in a row and was one barely missed shot by Gordon Hayward away from winning the championship. And he's been doing very well with Boston every single year. What would be more impressive? If Butler had beaten Duke that year and he won the title, or if Boston beats LeBron this year? If Boston beats LeBron. (laughs) Just because it's LeBron. LeBron, James. I mean, we've seen Brad Stevens deal with lesser talent and be able to coach them up to a player like Terry Rozier, who's turned into an almost all-star caliber player, almost of Kyrie's caliber in in this playoffs with better defense. And he had gotten Kyrie to play better defense this year. On top of that, we don't know what's going to happen with Hayward because he broke his leg five minutes into the season. So this team is going to look drastically different in terms of personnel, but the system is going to be the same. Brad Stevens is a great coach, and I think they are going to cause major problems for the Cavs. Expect this to go six or seven games. If it goes less than six games, I'm going to be shocked. Yep. Um, Looking out west, it's kind of disappointing and timely injuries. The Houston Utah series, basically before it started, you and we found out that rookie Ricky Rubio was hurt. Uh, and the only way he comes back now is if they win Game Five. Yeah. And you and me sat here on this podcast and basically said, like, 
That could have been a great series. Could have been but a without Rubio, series. Utah just does not have enough juice to to, ha- to hang with Houston. And that's 3-1 Houston right now with a, a potential to close it out tonight. That series might be over by the time you're listening to this podcast. And I think Donovan Mitchell is just finally getting tired, too. This thing about it, this is the longest season he's ever played. He's never played a season longer than, like, 35 games. Well, yeah, it's that and the fact that Clint Capella has been so good at the rim. He had six blocks last yeah. game. And additionally, you know, without Rubio, it's just Mitchell. There's just no secondary ball handler. Like, Joe Ingles can score, but he's not really going to run your offense. And then Exum went down. Yeah, Exum got hurt, too, which was the Rubio replacement. It's just too bad for Utah and for NBA fans and all of us, really. It just sucks when injuries, you know, ruin what could have been a great series. But I mean, it happened a few know, years ago with the Cavs yeah. when all of them got when oh, yeah. Kyrie and Love got hurt. And it was it just happens LeBron. every year in the NBA. You know, I think a lot of people want to criticize certain teams that win big in the NBA every year because other teams were hurt. But every year in the NBA, I mean, th- just look at how many injuries there were in the NBA this year in general. We could have made an All NBA team. Based we did, on yeah, injuries. we discussed it a few podcasts ago. It's just yeah. a massive amount of injuries. It's just too bad that, that had to ruin that series. Looking at the Golden State New Orleans series, no major injuries in that series, but. Golden State's just much better. Yeah, I think. Like we said, Golden they can State play at that is pace. finally just decided they're going to go into dominant Golden State mode. And when Golden State turns up and plays their best, we have yet to see a team in the NBA that can beat them. And Including is, the Cavs. Uh, anybody. Yeah. Um, and as good as the Pelicans have been, you know, I just. I think this is, where Boogie, too much. this is where Boogie would have come in handy because Agreed. they needed a second person that could facilitate offense. Drew Holiday has not obviously put the same points he put up in the Portland series. And Rajon Rondo, while he's had those good assist games, is a liability shooting the ball. So teams just sag off of him, and a lot of their offense is him driving into the lane, lebron style, and getting kickouts. So when he is getting the ball sagged off and he's trying to get into the lane to make passes, those are getting intercepted by Golden State, who when they're in the half court – their defense is better than anybody in the league. If you let them set up, which I think was maybe the Pelicans' game plan, try not to get them into the half court. But Golden State's used to playing at that pace because that's how they always play. So it's just this is the wrong matchup for the Pelicans just because they don't have that second scorer that you know could get buckets for them. Drew, nothing against Drew Holiday. He'd be a good third guy for them. But if they had Boogie, this would have been a much closer series. But obviously, that's hindsight is 2020. But Anthony Davis is putting up very empty 20 and 10 games, shooting very poor numbers because they don't have to guard anyone else besides him. Yeah, I thought this series could be better than it was. But, you know, once Steph Curry came back healthy and looked good, that was pretty much the end of this series. Um, yeah, he hasn't looked anything less than his usual self. Yeah, no, this one's also 3-1 to one with a chance for a closeout tonight. Yeah, you know, it's, I wish we could have gotten a little bit better. Uh, you know, but look, there's been... If I had to pick a team across the board, yeah. If I had to pick a team to force a game six, it'd probably be Utah, just because yeah. I don't believe the Pelicans can hang with them at all. Yeah, game five in Golden State. I think is Quinn Snyder, if it's luck. up to him, he'll dribble the ball for twenty seconds every possession and try to get a shot and just try to make the game as slow as possible for Houston. But and we'll I'll, see what happens with the rest of the second round. Yeah, maybe there'll be some surprise, and one of these three teams that are down three one will. Make a miraculous comeback. One team that's not making a miraculous comeback is the Toronto Raptors because LeBron killed them. Well, yeah, again. they won. We won four games, so that yeah. ends the series, right? Yeah. Um, so you know, it's good to know that LeBron still owns Toronto and that Kevin Love is still a good player, and that sometimes the Cavs can remember that. So 
you know, we'll be back, like I said, within the next week, especially once these second round series are all over, which I think there's a good chance it'll be within the next day or two. And we can discuss uh, the matchups for next round. Houston-Golden State is going to be just a massive, massive so. matchup. I hope so. I Hopefully Houston doesn't, I think someone on low post said it, throw up on themselves again. Yeah. where Because we know Houston's penchant for blowing big games, so... Hopefully that series is what we anticipated basically all year. Every All year we've been waiting for that Houston-Golden State series. Yeah, I just hope there's no major injuries for anyone the rest of these playoffs. That way we can truly get a great look at what, what's going to happen. Say, I don't want to see a Durant injury. I don't want to see a Curry injury. Right. I don't want to see a Harden or Chris Paul injury. Let's just get healthy. Let's figure out who's the best team. Because if Houston pulls it off, Cavs are going to have major issues if they make it through the finals. And obviously if Golden State makes it through, we've seen that monster three times. Yep. We know what to expect from them. Yep. Well, we'll see what happens the rest of the playoffs. Until next time, check out TreeCityRecords.com. Yeah. Check out TreeCityRecords on Twitter. Check out my Twitter at ABaker underscore sports. Check out Graham's Twitter at GTM Moen. Lots of sports. Yes. We tweet here and there. We podcast. We podcast. We do things. Anyways, until next time, we'll see what happens the rest of these series, and we'll be back to talk sports soon. Yep. Let's, Let's hope for the best next series. Peace. Peace.